Chapter Thirteen of Some Haunted Houses of England and Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Some Haunted Houses of England and Wales by Elliot O'Donnell. Carn House near Northampton the man in the flowery dressing-gown and the black cat technical form of apparitions phantoms of the dead and possibly animal elemental cause of haunting murder source of authenticity first-hand evidence should anyone wonder why i continually select northamptonshire and gloucestershire as the scenes of my ghost stories let me hasten to explain that my reason is obvious enough with both these counties i have had a lifelong intimacy and naturally have had more facilities and opportunities for collecting suitable material from them than from any other i have not the slightest doubt other counties can show equally long lists of haunted houses only i have not found them so easy of access moreover the genial nature of the inhabitants of northamptonshire especially has attracted as well as aided me in my research and although the burly midland yeoman is inclined to scoff at things superphysical his satire is not so objectionable as is that of the supercilious middle-class londoner again northamptonshire is very rich in well-preserved old country mansions i know of no other county where there are so many and as most of these houses have at one time or another witnessed some grim tragedy it is not surprising that they are now the scenes of occult manifestations doubtless one would find similar phenomena in smaller habitations were the latter of the same early date for crime was then just as prevalent among the poor as among the rich but the inferior material with which cottages have been built causes their comparatively speaking early dissolution and we rarely find a cottage now standing which was built more than a century ago from this it must not be deduced that hauntings are confined to old buildings nor that past crime alone begat ghosts nothing of the sort modern villas are frequently subjected to psychic phenomena whilst the phantoms of present-day suicides and murderers are decidedly as numerous as of yore but whereas in olden times crime was fairly common in villages it is now chiefly confined to towns and the houses that have witnessed murders etc are not infrequently entirely demolished or made to undergo some very radical alterations hence the ghosts disappear with their surroundings this more so perhaps in the provinces than in london as there are too many crimes in the latter for any particular one to be remembered for any length of time not long enough in fact to permanently damn the letting of a house the word ghost is very elastic it may be used in reference to many different types of spirits and is in fact only the designation for that genus of which the departed soul of man is but a species now northamptonshire is very rich in species species of all kinds spirits of men of beasts of vegetables and species of elementals 
elemental being in itself a genus which includes many various types too numerous indeed for any attempt at classification in this work it is no uncommon thing to meet with some locality usually barren or village generally on the side of barrows or druidical remains as for example guilsborough where the nature of the hauntings is dual a complexity that is fortunately of rarer occurrence in houses concerning the latter lee mentions one instance i e the guyby farm in his book more glimpses of the unseen world whilst i will take this opportunity to quote another case of dual haunting i e carn house which is situated at the utmost extremity of a village to the southeast of northampton my informant mrs norton frequently resided in the house in her childhood and youth and it was from her lips that i heard the following story which i recollect only too well my first impression of carn house was one of extreme aversion i can see it now as i saw it then vast sleek and white like some monstrous toadstool or slimy fungus bathed in the moonlight for we did not arrive until late it confronted us with audacious nudity not a plant or shrub being trained to hide its naked sides there was something unspeakably loathsome in the boldness of its carriage something that made me glance with fear at its wide and gaping windows and glance again as i crossed the threshold into the dark and lofty hall the passages of the house both in number and sinuosity resembled a maze they recalled to my youthful mind the story of daedalus and i half expected to see the figure of the minotaur suddenly arise from some gloomy corner and pursue me through the labyrinth nor were my fears entirely groundless for i had hardly been in the place a month before i had a very unpleasant experience chancing one morning to go on an errand for my mother to a room that in all probability once served as a laundry but which was now restricted to lumber i was startled at hearing something move either in or on the copper thinking it must be some stray animal or maybe a rat i threaded my way through a sea of packing cases and standing on tiptoe peeped very cautiously into the copper to my intense surprise i found myself looking into a very deep and sepulchral well at the bottom of which was a man i could see him distinctly owing to a queer kind of light that seemed to emanate from every part of his body he was draped in a fantastic costume that might have been a kimona or one of those flowery dressing-gowns worn by our great-great-grandfathers he was bending over a box which he was doing his best to conceal under a pile of debris and it was undoubtedly this noise that had attracted me too intent on his work he was apparently unaware of my close proximity until satisfied that the box was well hidden he straightened his back and looked up his face frightened me not that it was anything out of the normal either in feature or complexion but it was the expression a look of evil joy that suffused every lineament before he saw me changing to one of the most diabolical fury as our eyes met i was at first too transfixed with terror to do more than stare 
and it was only when crouching down he took a sudden and deliberate spring at the wall and began to climb it like a spider that i regained possession of my limbs and turning round fled for my life oh how long that room seemed and what an interminable succession of furniture now appeared to barricade the way every yard was a mile every instant i expected he would clutch me i reached the door only just in time happily for me it was open i darted out and as i did so the outlines of a hand large and ill-shapen shot fruitlessly past me the next moment i was in the kitchen the servants were there i was saved saved from a fate that would assuredly have sent me mad when i related what had happened to my mother she laughingly informed me i must have been dreaming that there was no well there nor was there any man in the house save my father and the servants and yet i fancied i could detect beneath those smiling assurances a faint and scarcely perceptible horror and she never let me visit that room again alone but was i dreaming was there no well and had that man been but the fancy of a childish and distorted brain sometimes i answered yes and sometimes no after this little incident a manifest though of necessity subtle change took place in our household the servants became infected with a general spirit of uneasiness which although only shown in my presence by their looks convinced and alarmed me far more than any fears even the most terrible would have done had they been outspoken i was positive they lived in daily anticipation of something very dreadful something that lay concealed in those dark and tortuous corridors or in that grim and ghostly room my dreams at night were horrible nor did i again feel that in this respect i was singular as i overheard someone remark that no one ever passed the night without awakening with a sudden and inexplicable start i say inexplicable would that it had always remained so it was august when my next definite adventure occurred i use the word definite as i had several other experiences but of too brief and uncertain a nature to enable me to draw any precise conclusions once as i had been walking along one of the passages i had heard the noise of something clanking and had been put to instant flight by the sound of heavy footsteps echoing suddenly in my rear and again but this isn't really worth recording let me proceed with that night in august well i slept in a room at the end of a corridor my nearest neighbour mrs dovecot our governess occupying a chamber some dozen yards away i do not think i need describe any article of furniture the room contained every piece was strictly modern and had been brought with us from a newly furnished house in seven oaks the fireplace and cupboard are however deserving of comment the former was one of those old-fashioned english burns delights in describing and which are now so seldom to be seen an inn at dundry near bristol containing i believe the finest specimen in the kingdom whilst the latter which i always kept securely locked at night was of such far-reaching dimensions that it might well be termed in modern phraseology a linen room on the night in question i had gone to bed at my usual time eight 
and i had speedily fallen to sleep as i was in the habit of doing but my slumber was by no means normal i was tortured with a series of disturbing dreams from which i awoke with a start to hear some clock outside sonorously strike twelve as an additional proof of my wakefulness i might add pardon my explicitness i was sensibly affected by a constant irritation of the skin due i believe to a disordered state of the liver which in itself was a sufficient preventive to further sleep it must have been half-past twelve when i heard to my intense horror the cupboard door which i distinctly recollect locking slowly very slowly open my first impulse was to make a precipitate rush for the door but alas i soon became aware that i was powerless to act a kind of catalepsy coming on suddenly held my body as in a vice whilst my senses on the other hand had grown abnormally acute in this odious condition i was now compelled to listen to the thing whatever it might be slowly crossing the floor in the direction of my bed the climax at length came and my cup of horrors overflowed when with an abruptness that was quite unexpected in spite of the direst apprehension the thing leaped on the bed and i discovered it to be an enormous cat i can unhesitatingly add the epithet black for the room which a moment before was shrouded in darkness had now become a blaze of light enabling me to perceive the colour as well as the outline with the most unpleasant perspicuity it was not only in intensity of colour the blackest ebony could not have been blacker that the cap was abnormal but in every other respect its dimensions were not far removed from those of a large bulldog and its expression the eyes and mouth of the beast were more than bestial were truly satanic stalking over my legs its tail almost perpendicular and swaying slightly like the nodding plumes of a hearse it squatted down between the bedposts opposite transfixing me with a stare full of malevolent meaning i was so fully occupied in watching it and trying to solve the enigma i saw so plainly written in its every gesture that i did not realize i had other visitors till a sudden uncertain twitching in the light made me look round i then perceived with a start a fire was burning in the grate a fire and in august how incongruous i shivered but it was no delusion the flame soared aloft adopting a hundred fantastic yet natural shapes the coals burned hollow and in their crimson and innermost recesses i read the future but not for long my cogitations were unceremoniously interrupted by the appearance of the man in the well whom i was startled to perceive seated in the chimney corner in the most nonchalant attitude possible nursing a baby anomalous and mirth-provoking as is such a sight in the usual way the existing circumstances were grim enough to excite my horror and raise anew my worst forebodings supposing he saw me now there was no escape i was entirely at his mercy what would he do i glanced from him to the cat and from the cat back again to him of my two enemies which was most to be feared the slightest movement on my part would inevitably arouse them both and bring about my immediate destruction the situation did not even warrant my breathing 
the minutes sped by with the most tantalizing slowness the clock struck one and neither of my visitors had budged an inch the man in the flowery dressing-gown still nursing the baby and the black cat still staring at me mine was indeed a most unenviable position and i was despairing of its ever being otherwise when a sudden transmutation in the man sent a flow of icy blood to my heart he no longer regarded his burden indifferently he scowled at it the scowl deepened the utmost fury pervaded his features converting them into those of a demon he got up gnashed his teeth stamped on the ground and lifting up the child dropped it head first into the fire i saw it fall i heard it burn the hideous cruelty of the man the abruptness of his action proved my undoing oblivious of personal danger i shrieked the effect was electrical dropping the poker with which he had been holding down the baby the inhuman monster swung round and saw me the expression in his face at once became hellish absolutely hellish my only chance of salvation now lay in making the greatest noise possible and i had commenced to shout for help lustily when at a signal from the man the enormous black cat crouched and sprang what followed i cannot exactly remember i have dim recollections of feeling a heavy thud and of some one or other thing trying to tear away the clothes from my head after which there came a very complete blank and when i recovered consciousness the anxious countenances of my parents and governess were bending over me the next night i slept with my sister my health has been so impaired by these encounters that my parents decided to move elsewhere the furniture was once again packed and within a month of the above incident we had taken up our abode in clifton bristol the history of the hauntings was subsequently revealed to me by the owner of the house it had once been inhabited by a man of the name of darby who seems to have been a sort of wholesale butcher his elder brother dying the family estate passed to the latter's eldest son a child of two and darby determining to succeed to the property invited the widow to stay with him she did so she was a weakly creature and he got rid of her by putting her to sleep in a damp bed the children were next disposed of the younger by being burnt as i had witnessed and the elder aged two by being smothered to death by a black cat darby is said to have deliberately made the cat sit upon the infant's mouth as it lay asleep but these rapid deaths that might have been expected aroused suspicions the nurse who had been an unwilling party to the burning of the baby turned king's evidence and a warrant for his arrest was issued as is often the case however the officers of the law were a bit too late when they arrived at the house the quarry had flown nor could his whereabouts be discovered for many years not indeed till fifty years after the crimes when his skeleton was found at the bottom of a disused well he had himself sunk in one of the black kitchens under the skeleton lay an iron box containing many valuables rings etc which he had been doubtless striving to hide when death in some unaccountable form or another overtook him what became of the cat history does not say the place had always borne a reputation for being haunted 
it was on that account my parents had got it at so low a rental and the ghosts seen there undoubtedly those of darby and his cat corresponded in every detail with the phenomena that had so terrified me i am aware that many deny the existence of souls in animals let them do so but do not let them be too dogmatical for where life ends all is mystery still there is an alternative theory to account for the appearance of animal phantoms which is i think quite within the realms of possibility the black cat i saw if not the spirit of the one made such hideous use of by the old man was undoubtedly an elemental a spirit representative of a popular crime a vice darby's evil genius that ever hovered at his heels in his lifetime and is more low than ever to leave him now that his physical body is dead and his soul is earth-bound End of chapter 13